Hello everyone, my name is Haley Elizabeth and if you don't know who I am, this is my true crime podcast where once a week I sit down and I talk about all things true crime, ranging from murders, disappearances, cults, all the way to the biggest drug bust in history, the biggest bank heist in history, all things true crime. So if you're interested in any of that, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel every Wednesday for the visual version or head over to Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts on Tuesday for the audio versions. Now for today's case, we are going to be talking about the case of Katie Kenyon. Now there is a lot to get through, so we're just going to hop right into it. In the small town of Burnley, located in the United Kingdom, there was a population of about 95,000 people. Burnley was north of Manchester and west of Leeds and there was actually a very big manufacturing town. So there was a lot of power plants and warehouses and on April 22nd, 50 minutes north of Burnley in Gisborne Forest, which is located in an area called Forest of Blonde, the police were all gathered there and blocked off the forest because that is the forest where they believed 33-year-old Katie Kenyon was being held there and hopefully she was still alive. 60 officers as well well as police dogs, helicopters, drones, all gathered to the forest to try to find any sight of Katie with the little evidence that they had. Katie Kenyon was a 33-year-old mother of two, Coin and Honey, and the three of them were living in Burnley. Katie was a caregiver for a nursing home, and she also had two sisters whom she loved very much. She had a very close relationship with her family, like with her kids, but she also had a very close relationship with her parents and her sisters. But when her kids were toddlers, that's when she would divorce her husband and start raising the kids on her own. Since she was a single mother and financially responsible for her kids, she tended to work a lot. But Katie absolutely loved her kids and she was described as an extremely hard worker. So Katie was going to do anything she needed in order to make her kids happy. Katie Kenyon was last seen on April 22nd at 9.30 a.m. in Southeast Burnley. She had been outside of her boyfriend's house, whom at the time she had an on and off relationship with. This man's name was Andrew Burfield, who was a 51-year-old man from Burnley and worked as a handyman and builder for the town. So he mostly did all of the home renovations, construction work, or if there was small like piping issues or something, he would work on that as well. Katie and Andrew started dating back in 2019 and everything for the first two years was a perfect relationship. Andrew had a very good relationship with her kids. Katie and Andrew never really fought but it was after that two-year mark where things began getting very abusive. And on the night of April 22nd, 2022, Katie was reported missing by her family. Her mother had texted Katie in the morning and after a couple of hours with no response, she started getting a little worried because this was very odd of Katie. Katie was the type to always respond to messages, especially if her mom was sending her multiple messages. And so her mom tried calling Katie, but she again couldn't get through. And so she called Katie's sister to ask if they had heard from her. Neither of her sisters had heard from her and they tried to get through to her as well, but again, were met with no answer. Katie's mom later got a call from Katie's kids' school that Katie had never picked up her kids from school that day and that is when Katie's mom knew that something was wrong. She went to go pick up the kids, but then she also reported Katie missing to the police and Katie's mom and Katie's sisters all felt a very weird vibe from Andrew. They definitely 
really felt like Andrew had something to do with this because Andrew was known for his abusive behavior towards Katie and at the time they were not doing very well in their relationship. And once Katie's friends were contacted that no one could get a hold of Katie, that's when Katie's best friends tried contacting Katie as well but was met with no answer. And so her friends knew for a fact that Andrew had something to do with this and so all of them marched down to Andrew's address and started banging on his door and threatening to kick down the door if he didn't tell them where Katie was. They also pointed out that Katie's car was still in the driveway and so if Katie hadn't come to the door then it was definitely because Andrew had done something to her. And after a while of the banging and screaming it did not stop because women are relentless and Andrew was actually the one that called the police on them. The police questioned Andrew and said you know the only way these girls are gonna leave is if they see Katie physically because her car's outside and they haven't heard from her all day. She hasn't picked her kids up from school. All we need to do is just see her and we'll be on our way. And Andrew goes on to completely ignore the fact that Katie's car is in the driveway and he instead just says that he doesn't know where Katie is but he did hang out with her early that morning. Andrew goes on to tell the police that they were hanging out until Katie said that she was going to walk down to the city and he doesn't really know where she went but he has guesses and he said quote she probably ran off to therapy or who knows what and then Andrew shows the police these text messages that he got from Katie that following day saying that Katie has to run away in these messages she detailed that she wanted to be a better person for her kids and so she was running away to go on a mental health journey and rediscover herself and that she was going to leave Andrew with both of the kids. Due to this text message, Andrew started to send her a bunch of voice memos asking her where she was and if she was okay, but was met with no reply. The police then searched all around the home and saw no sight of Katie. And Andrew was even helping the police in their search. He was getting them ladders and anything they needed, and he was joking around and conversating with them. He even let them completely check out his attic to see if there was anything up there, but again, they just found nothing. When you see Andrew through these body cam footage clips, he seems like a very jumpy person. And I don't really know if you guys know what I mean by that, but I feel like he's just the type of person that is always on 10 all the time. And I don't know why those people just scare me. It seems like they're just like tweaking out all the time. And that's exactly how Andrew was. Every time he would laugh, he would laugh like overly loud and way too much. If he was talking to someone, he was always yelling at them instead of just talking to them in a normal voice. And I know a lot of people could just say, well, maybe he's a loud talker, but when you're talking to the police about your missing girlfriend that no one has heard from, you're not going to be very loud and energetic. You're going to be very concerned and worried. They search into Katie's car and they find a bunch of Katie's personal belongings. They find things such as her car keys inside of the car. They find all of her bank cards except for one. And the weirdest thing is that although they find all of these things, they don't find any trace of her phone. But they do get word that Katie had sent messages to people who were looking for her. Katie had sent out multiple messages that day to friends and family. She said to one friend that she had plans with hanging that day, saying, quote, something's come up, can't meet you. She also sent a text to her son saying, quote, Hey dude, I love you. Sorry. She sent a text to her daughter saying, quote, 
I love you. I'm sorry. Your dad will be looking after you for a while. I need to get help so I can be a better person for you and your brother. Please know that I love you and I'm not upset with you. And she also sent a text to Andrew that day saying that she needs to go off and be a better person, that she was escaping her life to go on a mental health journey. She said that she was sorry and that he's going to have to take care of the kids while she's gone. And then to this, that's when he left the bunches of voice memos but was met with no response. And Katie also sent a text to her mother saying, quote, This is the bravest thing I've ever had to do. I need to find some peace and sort my mind out. So with the 6000 Andy gave me to pay the debt off, I am being free for a while until I figure all this stuff out. And then on April 23rd, 2022, the day after Katie was reported missing, the family was convinced Andrew still had something to do with it. Although they had got those text messages from quote-unquote Katie, they knew it couldn't have been sent by Katie. And so that's when Katie's sister messaged Andrew on Facebook saying, quote, Andy, I think you you know a hell of a lot more than you are letting on. I have read over the messages quote-unquote Katie sent to her kids and she doesn't even spell like that or speak like that, which is what the kids have also said. Katie knows how to spell and mentioned about you having dyslexia, which makes the sense to the spelling. You sent those texts. You know where Katie is. The police will trace where she was from the last message sent. Doesn't add up how she would drop her car, her keys, and her bank card at your house but no phone. And so after that message was sent, clearly Katie's family is furious with Andrew because they know for a fact that he did something, but he just won't come forward or go to the police about it. But Andrew replies to this very nonchalant. He says, I don't know where she is. I'm just as worried as you are and don't make accusations. Don't start throwing assumptions around on things you don't know about. And that day, the police had actually been able to contact Katie's phone provider and track her phone signal. This signal led them to the forest north of Burnley, where her phone was last seen. Through her phone signal, she was seen going in a car going north the day of her disappearance, and then her phone was in the woods for about an hour before traveling back into town. But although her phone had traveled back, Katie never did. They caught on security footage that Katie did indeed go to Andrew's house that morning to hang out. But then at 9.30 a.m., you see the two of them get into Andrew's truck and drive to McDonald's before driving north. That day, his van was seen driving to the forest for about an hour before his van was seen driving back from the forest, except Katie was no longer seen in the passenger seat. Discovering this footage, they go back to Andrew's home to investigate further. And when they found Andrew, they noticed noticed that he had a blazing fire going in his fireplace. And this was late April where it wasn't super hot outside yet, but it also wasn't cold enough for a fire. So they assumed that possibly he was burning evidence. And so they arrested him and took him to the station for questioning. At first, Andrew had denied the whole thing and said that he believes she's just at a rehab center or a therapist's office. And he thinks that because she's talked about wanting to do it for a while. He continued the entire interrogation denying everything. And it was there where the police would also find out some very abusive details going on between Katie and Andrew's relationship. It was prominent that Andrew was very abusive to Katie and would often abuse and gaslight her. He also had a criminal history and was found guilty for perverting the course of justice in 2001. Shortly after this in 2001, he was also arrested for stealing his boss's car and then selling his boss's car for $1,300. The police later get access into Andrew's phone once he 
she's arrested and find that a month prior to the disappearance of Katie, they found through his iCloud some deleted notes in his note app. And what they find is a series of texts that were all drafted. And these messages were actually identical to the messages sent out on the day of Katie's disappearance. So it seemed like Andrew had been drafting up these messages for months before actually using them. All of these messages that he had drafted made it look like she was running away to deal with her anxiety. Katie at that point had been going to therapy for about a year to help out with her anxiety disorder and Andrew thought that her going to therapy was terrible. He made her feel like she was crazy and that it was unhealthy to go to therapy and he would always make jokes about how he was dating a psychopath. He would also call therapy a scam and say that you're basically just paying money to someone so that they can get you quote more crazy and then want to just continue giving them money. And at the same time that Katie started going to therapy, for some reason, Andrew just loved trying to mess with Katie and mess with her head, and so he randomly started suing her for $5,000, claiming she owes him all of that money, and it got to a point where Katie started to receive phone calls from debt collectors about this money, to which she was very confused because she didn't owe him anything. There was also one point in the relationship where Andrew started love bombing Katie and started giving her flowers hours and chocolates and tons of love and attention and he started love bombing her so much to where she believed that her relationship was loving and perfect and that he had finally changed as a person and then one day Andrew had suggested that Katie should stop going to therapy because their life was going so well and that she didn't need therapy anymore and so because of this she actually did stop going to therapy but right after she stopped going anytime she would voice her anxieties or fears to Andrew, he, quote, was not having it. So it seemed like for the entire relationship, Andrew loved having control over Katie. And then once he wasn't in control of her emotions, because she was going to a therapist and trying to better herself, he made her believe that she was completely fine. And so when she stopped going to therapy, he would once again be in control of her emotions. Andrew would also poke fun at her mental health and try to say, things to her that her therapist would say. So even in an argument where it was clearly Andrew's fault, he would say things to her like, quote, breathe and get your head right and you will always see this for what it is, Katie, while also saying to her things like, quote, I was gonna pay your debt, but that's before you spoke to me like that, you twat. And another text message to which Katie had been talking to Andrew about how sometimes Andrew scares her, and Andrew replied to this saying, quote, if you scare me, we have nothing more to talk about, but ah, you also scare me. And not only was he saying things like that to her, but he was also actively cheating on her. And every time she would find out and say that they were breaking up, he would basically basically try to manipulate her into staying. So he would say things like, don't let this break us up. What are you doing? Why are you giving up on us so quick? I made a mistake and if you really love me, you'll want to work through it. But at the same time, he was actively 
trying to destroy her life and he was also again randomly suing her and trying to take away her house and her car and anytime katie would for real break up with andrew she would block him on everything she would block his number she wouldn't talk to him andrew would always find a way to reel his way back into her life so he would do things like drive to her work and leave chocolates and flowers on her car he would send her love letters to her house he would send big bouquets of flowers to her work so all of her co-workers would see and then after a while of this love bombing they would eventually get back together but then they'd end up just being back at square one and so going back to the text messages from the mother earlier when katie texted her mom saying quote this is the bravest thing i've ever had to do i need to find some peace and sort my mind out so with the six thousand andy gave me to pay the debt off i'm being free for a while until i figure all this stuff out the debt that katie was referring to was that andrew claimed that katie had owed him six thousand dollars and so he was suing her for six thousand dollars but in this text weirdly it sounds as if andrew had given katie six thousand to pay off her debt which literally makes no sense why wouldn't he just drop the the case instead of like paying the debt for her so it's basically like paying himself and it was shown on security footage that the day before katie went missing andrew went to his parents house to borrow a spade and a stepladder and then from there he drove from his parents house to the gisborne forest where in the forest he had no signal but his phone did reconnect an hour and a half later so the police asked why were you in the forest the day before she goes missing and his reasoning for this was because he said that the day before him and katie met up he had organized a romantic picnic for the both of them he had went to the top of this hill that they had been to twice before and he had organized this gorgeous picnic so they could return the day after and it would all be a big surprise the day after katie went missing there were some people who had housework done done by andrew and when these residents were interviewed, they said that there really wasn't anything off or weird about Andrew. He was his normal, loud, weird self. He did his work, he joked, and then he left. But one homeowner being interviewed did note that Andrew made a very off comment to him when Andrew had asked the homeowner what time his trash pickup day was. The trash pickup day hadn't come up yet, and so the police immediately drive down to the homeowner's house and looked into his trash bins and in this trash bin they would find the bin filled to the brim with leaves and foliage but underneath all of those leaves and foliage was confirmed to be katie's flip-flops and katie's blood after all of this was found the next day andrew requested to speak with the police andrew wouldn't tell the police the full story just yet because at the top of his interrogation he basically just said where katie was he said yes on that friday they did indeed go out to the forest but when they went to go have their picnic at the top of this nature viewing, it was a beautiful view of the scenery and they had went there twice before and Andrew said that he did go back home after that, but Katie was still there. Andrew later did go into his full story of what happened that day and he said that they did indeed go into the woods and they were just enjoying the scenery while sharing some bottles of Coca-Cola and Andrews decided to start up a fire. So as Andrew is chopping up the wood with an axe, that's when Katie has a Coke bottle in her hand and she says, quote, I bet you can't nip the tip off of this bottle.
model with your ex? And then Andrew says, I bet you I can, but then he doesn't do it. And so in frustration, he throws his ax against a tree, but instead of that ax falling to the ground or digging itself into the tree, per usual behavior of an ax, it then ricochets off of the tree, bounces, and hits Katie in the head. And then he begins to make it about himself and say things, there was no one over there to help me, so I had to go through all of this alone and, quote, I mean, what do you do if it's your own girlfriend? I was so scared. He then says that he just left her body and covered her up in a makeshift shallow grave of leaves and foliage so the animals wouldn't eat her. He did have plans of moving her from one side of the forest to the other, but he was arrested before getting the chance to do so. And on April 29th, 2022, about a week after Katie's disappearance, that's when Andrew led the police to Katie's body in the middle of the woods. Andrew gets to the point and he walks up to the shallow grave where Katie is and weirdly he sits on the shallow grave and all he says is quote she's here so the police are like she's right there like where you're sitting and he goes yeah and the police obviously get him up and they start digging the shallow grave and that is when they find the body of 33 year old katie kenyon her body was taken to autopsy and it was revealed that this was definitely not a random accident because katie was struck by an axe 12 times she was found with 12 blows specifically to her head and was found with no defensive wounds. So it was believed that Andrew had snuck up behind her, struck her 12 times in the head, and then buried her in the shallow grave. And then that day, he had taken Katie's phone to send off the text messages that he had been constructing for months prior. When Andrew was confronted with all of this information they found, he denied it all. He said that it truly just was an accident and that he didn't mean it and that they're just trying to make him look bad. In 2023, his trial began, and it wasn't until the third day, ironically, the same day of his trial that he was supposed to go up and speak to the court, he had pled guilty to the murder of Katie Kenyon, so he never told the full story of what truly happened. He was given life in prison with a minimum of 32 years, but with his age of 55 years old, he will most likely die in prison. Even to this day, no one really knows the motive of Andrew. Andrew's crime. Usually for murders, there's always a motive or a reason why the murderer murders. Whether it be a spouse finding out that the other one was cheating or doing things behind their back, or sometimes it's a life insurance policy, an argument... But for this, there really wasn't anything specific. They looked through the text messages. There wasn't anything to make big note of. There was no big argument. There was no specific event or reason that led Andrew to do what he did. And at the end of the day, I feel like Andrew's honest motive was just control. Andrew craved complete control over Katie. And that's why when Katie tried to go to therapy, he love-bombed her to manipulate her into not going into therapy so that he could control her emotions. He also didn't want Katie to make decisions for herself, and so every time she would try to make the decision to leave Andrew, he would then do things that he knew Katie would fall for in hopes of getting her back. 
He felt the need to be in control of Katie 24-7, and when Katie attempted to leave so many times, Andrew truly just wanted to prove to himself that he was the one in control, and he proved this to himself by killing Katie. And yeah, that is the end of today's case. If you guys found this case interesting, make sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you are on YouTube or if you are on Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts, make sure to rate it five stars because that really helps me out a lot. Today's case was very interesting and I would love to hear your guys' thoughts and opinions about it in the comments below. And yeah, that is all from me. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day today. Make sure to be safe out there, get in some sun, go for a walk today. Today. make sure to drink some water stay hydrated take care of yourself and as always i love you i love you i love you and i will see you guys next week bye